Blog Talk Radio. Oh, hello, Nats. Welcome to Nats Nightly, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I've got Dave Nichols from Federal Baseball on the line. After the Nationals tease everyone with a 3-2 loss to the Miami Marlins, Dave will cut right to that ninth inning. They trail 3-1. A.J. Ramos comes out for the save opportunity. 13 for 13 on the year, 21 saves without a blown save opportunity. But he gives up back-to-back singles by Bryce Harper and Daniel Murphy. The Nationals are threatening runners on first and third. Wilson Ramos singles to drive Harper in. Three to two at that point. Anthony Rendon, I'm not sure if you know this, but he walked more than he came in college. Walks to the air to load the bases up. Nobody out. Jason Worth steps in, pinch hitter. That's about the only thing that you can't do in that situation. A weak grounder to third. Martin Prado steps on the bag, throws home. Daniel Murphy dead to rights at home. A 5-2 double play there. Just really just a rally-killing double play. Jose Lobaton comes up next, grounds out to first base. Ball game right there. Nationals had bases loaded with no outs. They, oh, they can't get it. They needed one run to tie the game up. Ball short, 3-2. to two. Jose Fernandez wins again. We'll get into him in a second. But that ninth inning, uh, Jason Worth's only comment afterwards, according to Byron Kerr from Masson, uh, there's nothing to talk about. It's just basically, like I said, the only thing you can't do in that situation, Worth somehow manages to do it. He's been hitting well recently, but just the wrong, absolute wrong way to hit a grounder right in that situation. Yeah, you know, uh, Ramos wasn't particularly sharp tonight. He's a guy that the Nets have always had troubles with. Um, they get the bases loaded on him there. And then, um, you know, Worth probably trying to do a little too much there, swung at a pitch that probably wasn't a strike. And, um, you know, three feet either way, and we're talking about a completely different ball game here. But it was, you know, right at the at the guy guarding the line and is, allows him to step on the bag and then, you know, give give the, the the third baseman and the catcher both credit. They both got the play done. That that becomes a tag play at home, um, and they got it done. And then uh, uh, Lobaton grounds out to end the game. So it's just uh, uh, you're right. It's a tease. The Nats uh, seem to be sleepwalking through the entire game. Um, I know I fell asleep three times in the last four innings. So um, you know it was uh, kind of kind of a lazy ball game. And then. Um, they make it interesting there at the end, and then uh, just as quickly as they, they gave us uh, gave everybody watching hope, um, hope is ripped right away from them again. So um, you know they kind of they kind of got a couple of lucky bounces there uh, in the ninth inning that kind of led you led you to think, okay, you know this is the way the movie script works. The Nats are going to go ahead and tie this thing up and go to extras or, or win it, but um, but sometimes the script doesn't uh, doesn't work out the way that it's supposed to be written. Going back to the beginning, it's a battle of 2011 first-round picks. Joe Ross, 25th overall that year against Jose Fernandez, the 14th overall pick by the Miami Marlins. Uh, Fernandez came into the game 2-0 on the year against the Nationals, 1-3-8 ERA, 7 walks, 20 Ks, a 156, 278, 267 line against and 13 innings pitched. 5 and 0 with a 109 ERA and 8 career starts versus the Nats. 20 and 1 with a 165 ERA. 184, 246, 264 line against, and 30 career starts in Miami. He fell behind early, though. Clint Robinson with a two-out RBI single in the fourth, one nothing after four. That's all they get off of him. He improves to five, uh, six and zero career against the Nationals, 21 and one in 31 career starts in Miami. Uh, they had some blown opportunities. Lead runner on in the first and second innings. 
first inning, uh, K by Chris Heisey, throw to second when Ben Revere tries to steal. They call him catcher's interference, even though he was safe, and that's a questionable call in my uh, my opinion. They, they waste the base runner in the second as well. Just didn't generate much of anything against Jose Fernandez, again, for the third time this year. And when they did, they kind of ran themselves, well, with the help from the umpire, wasted two runners early and didn't get much else. Yeah, that's that's you know that's pretty much it. I mean, Fernandez is obviously a very talented pitcher. You know, the, the Nats sent half of their team out today. Dusty Baker put his Sunday lineup uh, on the field for Saturday night. Um, kind of interesting the way when he decides to do this to do the wholesale changes and you know with with Heisey and Clint Robinson and um, and Lobicone, uh, you know, all in the lineup at the same time. Um, you mentioned Worth going pretty good, so uh, just interesting the way that he. Uh, um, you know, the Dusty shook the lineup a little bit today. Uh, didn't really help a whole lot. Uh, Revere, Harper, and Murphy, uh, the, the three regulars in the lineup, all had all had a pair of base hits and um, a bunch of zeros and goose eggs for the rest of them. But uh, um, really, anytime anybody that comes up in a major league uniform facing Jose Fernandez um, has their work cut out for them. And, um, and like you said, what little chance the Nats had against them today, they kind of um, ran themselves out of that. Uh, just going back to the lineup quickly, he went with a left-hand heavy lineup. I think it was more about resting some players after a late get-in, as he called it the other night, after uh, playing the Mets, flying down to Miami. They had a long night getting down there, had to play the game, managed to win last night. But uh, he said before that that second day after those long nights is usually the one where people get a uh, tiredness, whatever you want to call it, fatigue catches up with them. Uh, also threw in a couple of lefties in there, uh, some sort of an advantage there. Maybe lefties are slightly better against Jose Fernandez, a 233, 370 line against uh, versus a 211, 272, 305 line for right-handers there. But what, what do you think about just resting people like that or maybe trying to take advantage of the fact that left-handers are slightly better against him? Uh, I, don't, I don't know about the wholesale changes all at once, but if you got to get some of the older guys' time off, I guess it's good chance to get some of the guys in there and get the lefties in there against them if they have a little bit of an advantage. Yeah, I, I buy that. It's just it's strange that, that he's willing to start Wilson Ramos um, three games within a 24-hour period uh, last week when they had the doubleheader, but um, but gives them the, the night off tonight uh, to have Lobaton in the lineup catching Joe Ross instead of um, the, the what has become customary catching Joe Gonzalez. But, um, you know, you can't. I guess you can't really complain too much about letting Zimmerman and Worth get off their feet. I mean, they are the two oldest guys on the team. Um, you know, we, we've said uh, um, a couple of times that, that these are guys that the Nets need to keep healthy, and I suppose that if, um, that if Dusty felt that, you know, with, with the late night, the previous night, that, that getting them off their feet today was the good thing to do, then, then sure, it's a good thing to do. But if you're facing the team's best pitcher um, and you're going with three substitutes in the lineup, that's just probably the most opportune time. Uh, to find those, get some rest. Maybe last night against the lefty might have been, um, might have been time time to get you know find rest for Zimmerman. But uh, um, you know whatever. Like I said, any any major leaguer going into the lineup against Jose Fernandez is going to have his hands full. Joe Ross on the mound for the Nationals, three and three, two six eight, two six three ERA, three three six FIP, thirteen walks. 2.85 walks per nine, 30 Ks, 6.59 K per nine, a 227, 301, 327 line against through 41 innings this season, one and one, 245 ERA, 250, 328, 385, and three starts against the Marlins. Uh, Ichiro, 
two for three for three after a single in the fifth. A single by Martin Prado brings him in after an error on a pick attempt to send him around a third, tie it up at one-to-one at that point. A triple by Marcelo Zuna, who really seems to be benefiting from uh, Barry Bonds' guidance down there in Miami. Uh, Justin Bohr follows. Two-run home run, a 2-0 change. Didn't get it quite enough inside. It was a decent pitch, too. He really went down and absolutely crushed that ball, bounced it off the facade of his second deck and right. Three-to-one at that point. Ended up being the game winner. Uh, he's a dangerous hitter. We've seen it before. It wasn't necessarily a bad pitch, but a lefty gets to Joe Ross again there. Just absolutely crushed that changeup. Right, and that's that's Ross's third best pitch, and really to call it its third best pitch is uh, is not even fair. I mean, his fastball and his slider um, are very much his two best pitches. The change he doesn't throw it very often. Uh, it's not particularly um, something that he's trying to develop, and um, and he didn't get it where he wanted. You know, like you said, it was uh, it was inside and and just didn't get it down deep enough. And uh, Bohr is, is a decent hitter. Uh, he had 24 home runs last year. So um, you know, sometimes when when you don't put uh, you don't put your pitch exactly where you want it, the guy's going to beat you, and, and that's what happened. I thought Ross was okay today, um, but uh, you know, he gave up eight hits and, and two walks and five and two thirds. So you know, when when your when your whip is is approaching the, the two two uh, two mark. Um, you know, you're, you're not having your best day. I mean, he struck out seven. So um, kept him in the ball game, absolutely. But, um, again, when, when you're facing a guy like uh, Jose Fernandez, you have to have your best game, and, and Ross didn't have it today. I, I apologize in advance. if I, I know you were in and out early in the game. Uh, if you didn't see this, I should have asked you beforehand, I suppose, since I had it on my list of questions. But Reference it a little earlier. Ben Revere singles to start the first. Chris Heisey strikes out on a high fastball, kind of lunges out over the plate afterwards on his follow-through. Uh, the catcher, J.T. Real Muto, is throwing the second at that point to try to get Revere, who is clearly safe. There was not going to be a play there. He was got a good jump and was well in advance of the throw, arriving at second base. But the fact that Heisey kind of stumbled in front of the plate, uh, the umpire, um, whose name I'm forgetting at the moment since I was scolding him all afternoon, uh, Mike Everett calls a catcher interference there. You rarely see it. They didn't actually come in contact with the hitter either. And when you, you know, you're not going to get many runners against Jose Fernandez. You're set up there with a man on second, one out, and Bryce Harper up against Fernandez in the first inning, a chance to score a run there. I, I just think this is a really bad call, and this is a big setup. Well, I probably should have just let you answer if you had actually seen the play, but a rare call that you don't see very often and a really horrible time for Everett to call it there. I have not seen the play. Um, I was at a uh, high school graduation party earlier this afternoon, so I was trying to keep track on on, on the Twitters and stuff, so I didn't actually see that play. But, um, look, any time an umpire, a home plate umpire, calls catcher interference, um, he's trying to insinuate himself into the game. I mean, that's unless it's a, a clearly obvious thing where, where it's clearly impeding uh, the catcher's uh, a chance to throw, um, you know, that's just something that you don't, you know, you don't go out of your way to call catcher's interference, but uh, I'm taking everybody's word for it that this umpire uh, went out of his way to call catcher's interference and, and wipe out the stolen base on this one. Uh, impressive on the Marlins side, on top of Ozuna, who had a really another great game, three for four there, a double and a triple. Just continues to impress and touch on him if you want. But uh, Ichiro Suzuki, uh, like Dante and Clerks, he wasn't even supposed to be there today. Uh, ends up getting in when Christian Yelich has back spasms and uh, gets scratched late. Ends up having a four-hit game. First three were all kind of playable balls. Uh, 
by a diving Danny Murphy at second off a of Rendon's glove, and then the third hit, a line drive at the left that Chris Heisey kind of slid in awkwardly and couldn't come up with, but he gets a double in the four, for his fourth hit of the game. Just really, he's in the twilight of his career. It's still fun to watch. He's zero Suzuki play baseball every day, and a four-for-four four night at the plate uh, walk as well. Just a really impressive night from the veteran. First of all, love the clerk's reference. Um, second of all, uh, I, I begrudged uh, Ichiro Suzuki very little. I mean, um, he had a fabulous day today. Uh, they hit him where they ain't right. I mean, he's been doing that his entire career. Um, you know, as he inches closer, um, you know, closer to, uh, um, you know, his milestone, I guess he means 45 or 46 or former base hits or whatever, but uh, um, still a pleasure to watch. He, he's He's got to be one of the um, the most fit players in Major League Baseball, and um, it just he's he's somebody that that, that even at this point in his career, you just want to sit and watch play because you're not going to get a chance to uh, very much uh, very much more often uh, as he's uh, winding up his career. One more to play in Miami tomorrow. Last time Max Scherzer pitched down here, it didn't go too well, so it'll be interesting to see which Max Scherzer takes the mound. Going up against Conley in the series finale, 1.10 p.m., Adam Conley versus Max Scherzer. Nationals trying to get the series win here after splitting the first two games. 3-2 to two loss tonight, really just a tease at the end there. It was kind of slow-moving game, got exciting all of a sudden at the end. And then a quick a quick uh, loss there at the end when they thought they looked like they had an opportunity to at least tie it. But we'll see what happens tomorrow afternoon, 1.10 start. Matt's nightly sponsored by federalbaseball.com. We'll talk to you after that one, Dave. Sounds good.